Welcome to another episode of the Northwest Arkansas Politics Podcast. We are your source for local political headlines in Benton, Carroll, Washington, and Madison counties. For the latest political news, just head on over to nwapolitics.net. I'm your host, Curtis Lanning, and today I've got an interview with Representative Aaron Pilkington, a Republican from Clarksville, who's pushing for allowing pharmacists in our state to provide oral contraceptives without a prescription. Currently, to get access to birth control in Arkansas, the pill anyway, you need to visit a doctor and get a prescription for it. If Pilkington is successful, that may change in the future. But it's baby steps for right now, as his interim study proposal on the subject moves forward. Here's our interview. All right, so can you tell me a little bit more about how you came up uh, with the idea to submit this interim study proposal on uh, Arkansans getting access to birth control without prescriptions? Sure. So um, in 2017, Speaker Gillum, former speaker now, uh, appointed me as the Republican representative for Arkansas to the National Council of State Legislators uh, Task Force on Women and Children's Health. Uh, Deborah Ferguson is the Democrat who was appointed to that committee. They try to keep it bipartisan. So we went to a conference in Baltimore, and we, you know, with kind of this task force uh, and talking about ways to improve women and children's health in Arkansas. And, you know, one of those things that we talked about uh, in Arkansas was uh, teen pregnancy. Even though it's been on the decline for many years, you know, Arkansas still is one of the highest. And so what was interesting uh, a lot of them were just coming out of school. They were just coming for the first time. Uh, but, you know, that was a pretty high rate. And so, uh, you know, we kind of talked about, well, what, what is, what is the issue? Is it access? Is it just not getting things like that? And so, um, but one of the things we noticed that others have done and really helped curb their teen pregnancy rate, um, was, uh, make birth control more accessible. And so this was an idea to kind of help make it more accessible. And, you know, my kind of thinking behind it was you have a lot of rural areas where there's not a lot of providers. And sometimes when you try to go see your PCP, you're going to be waiting for two weeks. And so sometimes that may not be, you know, you, you need it sooner than that. You may ran out and can't wait two weeks. And, you know, you, you just want to see you or maybe and so um, it was just kind of a way to kind of make sure that access uh, is delivered. And, and you know, in the country, all these rural parts of Arkansas, um, to make sure that they're getting access to these types of pharmaceuticals uh, and kind of making it easier for them without having to come through as many food. Now, did your interim study proposal end up passing along with uh, the breast milk depository uh, earlier? In the week. So yes, it did. Uh, both of those were passed uh, earlier this week. So I'm a, I'm excited to kind of to get studied. Now, you know, for people who haven't read it yet, uh, and we'll, we'll put a link to this on our website at nwapolitics.net. What in general does your interim study proposal actually say on this topic? So um, it's very and I wanted to keep it very broad. So I didn't want to put too many specifics. Uh, on it because, you know, there's a lot of stakeholders in this. We've got pharmacists, we've got, uh, you know, providers, both family care, OBGYN, you know, you've got, um, you know, also larger pharmaceutical groups like Caremark, you know, CVS, things like that. 
And so, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about expanding access and, uh, you know, kind of looking to make it over the counter. So it's, it's pretty vague right now, but that's, that's why we wanted an interim study proposal because, you know, when you put it down just in stature only that this is the way it's going to be, it, sometimes people feel like there's not as much of a discussion. And so what we want, what I'm wanting right now is for us to have a discussion with all the people saying, okay, how can we solve this problem? How can we improve access here? And so that's why, you know, I want to do it as a study as opposed to just drafting a piece of legislation and say, hey, come November, you know, what seems to be so filing bills, I'm going to file this. Because in reality, as I want us to, to really look at this a little deeper and, you know, this is kind of me as a way of getting it passed saying this is something we as the public health are interested in doing, but we want people to come here and be a part of this part of this interim study and see what's going on. What what is an interim study proposal in terms of what what is the action that takes place after it's passed? Well, um really it's not a lot. Um really what it does is it allows for us to um kind of signal, I mean, in my personal opinion, it allows us to kind of signal to the community kind of the intentions of things we want to get done. And, and I think it kind of raises raises a flag to show, you know, this is, you know, if you want to start in this discussion, let's talk about it. And so, you know, for instance, with uh, the milk bank that I've talked about, I've gotten emails from people from out of state kind of saying, you know, this is an issue that we dealt with. I've had other legislators from out of state email me and say, hey, I saw, saw this come up through the news. And, so we know here were some things that we dealt with in our state that you should know about. So it's, you know, it's really, it's kind of, in more ways, it's kind of shooting up a flare and saying, hey, we're thinking about doing this, you know, come to us. Um, you know, it's, there's nothing binding. So, um, you know, if we pass the interim study and nothing comes of it, you know, there's nothing that, that ties our hands to it. And, you know, there are, I'm sure, lots of times when interim studies get passed and then nothing, uh, nothing comes of it. But, you know, that's kind of the beauty of the interim study is we're taking the first step to explore policy objectives without making anything concrete. <laughs> so, uh, which I think is kind of a, a great thing that we do as a legislature because that way we're not passing something then going back and going, oh no, you know, we need to fix something. Now, expanding access to oral contraceptives I'm not going to lie, it doesn't seem like something that's popular with a lot of conservative uh, politicians and state legislatures across the country. Usually, I see things like this happening in states like Oregon or places like D.C., places that are uh, more blue, politically speaking, that push for expanded access to these contraceptives. So why push for it here in Arkansas? Well, like I said, I mean, I want to expand access. You know, I mean, according to the American Conservative Union, I'm the this past session, I'm the second most conservative state rep. So, um, you know, it's not like I'm, uh, you know, coming at it from a, from a left, leftward view. I'm coming at it definitely as a conservative. It's, you know, we want to reduce regulations. We want to give people more choice and more freedom in what they do. And, you know, in many ways, we're removing one layer of government when it comes to, uh, when it comes to this. Uh, but I think too, um, you know, I mean, we, you know, as a conservative, I'm pro-life and, uh, I want to make sure that we're a pro-life state, and I think some of that, though, is, you know, making it easier for some people who want to get contraceptives who maybe already have children be able to care for their one child, because a lot of times financial factors lead into to issues, and so if someone can say, you know, I've had the child I want to have, or two, or three, and now I, you know, I want to be on birth control because I can't afford any more kids, or it's going to be really financially hard for me to provide for a life for these children, 
um, I, you know, I think what we're doing is we're helping out. Now, you know, granted, I mean, there's uh, certain groups, conservative groups, who would be opposed to this. And I don't, you know, I think to me it's not unpro-life to, to push this forward. Um, and I understand some of their, their hesitations. But, um, you know, to me, if you say you're a limited government conservative, I would think this is something you can easily get behind. Now, in the past, the Arkansas legislature has shot down bills that would essentially do what you're trying to do here. So if if you complete this study and you find that things might be conducive for this legislation, for you to bring forth a bill in 2019, do you think that it would fare any better uh, now than it had in the past? Well, you know, one of the things why I wanted to do this study was I wanted to give us a long runway because, you know, maybe it's not the same iteration that they were the first couple times they passed. Maybe we're having caveats here. Maybe we're, you know, tweaking it that where all parties feel comfortable with it. And that's kind of really what I want is I want all parties to feel comfortable with this. Um, you know, we may not get all, but hopefully we get maybe 90% of the different stakeholders on board with this. I think that gives it a, a bigger chance to. Um, so I'm, you know, that's kind of why I want to do this early on and why I want to start having discussions and, and be kind of open and public about it, too. Now, like you said earlier, Arkansas does have one of the highest teen pregnancy rates in the country. I think some years we were even at the very top of the list. Uh, but many of our state schools only offer abstinence-only sex education, which some say has led in part to this high teen pregnancy rate. Why do you think there's this uh, link between schools, parents, and some voters that are so hesitant to embrace things like comprehensive sex education or expanding access to birth control, you know, whether it's at the pharmacy or uh, maybe even at schools with counselors? If studies show that both of these things can lower teen birth rates and actually some studies show that they lower abortion rates as well. So could you repeat that question again? Sorry, Kurt. No, no, you're fine. Just asking, you know, why some people in schools, uh, parents, even voters, some seem so hesitant to embrace things like comprehensive sex ed and expanding access to oral birth control uh, if studies show that they can lower things like teen birth rates and even abortion. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, it's, it's a very taboo issue for a lot of people still, and I understand that completely. I think it's something, you know, that is private and people would like to keep private. I think the idea of, uh, you know, um, of, a, of a teacher talking to your child about something so private and intimate is upsetting to some people. And, you know, some people are worried about in the context, what's being said and how is it, um, how is it being perceived? And, you know, and especially too with a lot of us Christians like myself, I mean, you want to make sure that it's taught in a very, uh, in a way that respects your faith and talks about the elements of faith in that as well. And so, especially, you know, when school curriculums come up with this, they don't often include that. And I think that's upsetting to a lot of people because they won't, you know, because that's, that's a big deal. Those things go hand in hand uh, for so many Arkansans. And so that's why I think it's, it's still taboo and people are very hesitant. And so, you know, when it comes to things like that, sex education, um, you know, uh, I think there's still a lot more work to be done, and I think, I will say this though, I think, you know, churches and faith-based organizations should be the ones trying to uh, to create a way to to maybe address these issues in a way that they feel comfortable with, because, 
you know, the other side, I was going to be better with that than nothing at all. And I think, too, like your point, very able to reduce, you know, um, teen pregnancy and reduce abortion rates. I mean, that's what we all want, want to do. And so, um, you know, I think that that's reason enough to, to at least experiment with this, try it out, and at least brainstorm about it, you know, have a meeting of the minds and, and see what we can get done. And, and I think, too, you know, being a red state that does this, we can, we can give a roadmap to other states as well. Because, you know, yes, we're not as liberal as Oregon or California, but, you know, we can be a roadmap for Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, Mississippi, Texas. And so, uh, you know, I, I want Arkansas to lead and not follow, and I think this is a way for us to lead. Now, you know, your your interim study proposal suggested uh, requiring pharmacists to provide oral contraceptives without a prescription. So what, what would you say to opponents uh, – of that goal, who would simply point to places like county health units and say, well, you know, look, you can go here, you can see a doctor uh, for a birth control prescription. Um, it's already free or at reduced cost for lower-income Arkansans, and hey, there's a health unit in every single county across the state. So I would say, too, um, you know, sometimes with local pharmacists, they have a connection to the community that people feel more comfortable going to and talking to them about this or getting those things from them. Uh, you know, county health units, maybe they feel like it's too bureaucratic to to get that type of thing, you know, not that familiar relationship. I mean, you know, we forget, you know, I think sometimes people forget, you know, have doctors in pharmacy and they, you know, they're, they know what they're doing and, and uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for them and I think, um, yeah, I think they do, especially those local pharmacists. I mean, just, I mean, I'm sure people saw the power of them with the PBM issue that came out last time. I mean, people really like their local pharmacists and they trust them and they respect them. And I think this is a way, you know, they might feel more comfortable approaching them than they do a bureaucrat at a county health unit. Now this, uh, in your interim study program language, there's mention of a proposed training program that pharmacists would have to go through to be able to provide this oral contraceptive. Do you see people in pharmacy school in 2019, 2020, 2021, if legislation passes, uh, do you see people in pharmacy school that are going to be willing to undergo that extra training? And, and if so, who pays the cost to attend it? And that's something, um, you know, we're looking at right now, and we're not exactly sure on the details yet in regards to that. You know, who's going to pay for it? Is it something voluntarily pharmacists would just pay for out of their pocket so that they can provide that. Um, and so that's one of the things of the study we're looking at. You know, what do we feel comfortable with? Clearly, you know, uh, us as a state, we've got a lot of other issues we need to, to fund first. And so, you know, the funding may not be for it out of out of the state. So it's something, you know, pharmacists take upon themselves so that they can expand their practice and what they're able to do. Um, and so it'll be interesting. And that's kind of one of the things we're looking at right now. The uh, the course that pharmacists would hypothetically have to go through uh, in order to provide these oral contraceptives, you mentioned that the Arkansas State Board of Pharmacy and the Arkansas State Medical Board uh, would hypothetically design this training. Have you spoken with anybody at either of those agencies to see if, if they're in support of this measure in designing this extracurriculum? So I have talked to the Pharmacists Association, not the State Board of Pharmacy, but the Pharmacists Association, and they um, – they had indicated that they were um, very supportive of this. 
uh, medical society. I, I haven't spoke with anyone yet there. Um, I do have some, some good friends there, some, uh, physicians who are, who are part of the medical society, um, who I really respect and, and trust. And, and we've had discussions about this and they've told, told me about, uh, you know, certain opposition they feel or, or not opposition, but concerns they have about it. And those are kind of things, you know, we're trying to address before we move forward on anything else is, you know, how do we get, how do we get both parties kind of on board for this? Because that's kind of been, from my understanding in this session, kind of the big crux is, um, you've got pharmacists versus medical. And, uh, and so it's, it's finding a happy ground in between both of them where they, they feel comfortable with what's going on and no one feels like anyone's stepping on anyone's turf. <laughs> And it almost sounds to me like you're saying, you know, that's one of the key benefits of, of this being an interim study proposal now. I mean, here we are in July of, of 2018. The legislature doesn't even meet for another, you know, six or seven months. This this provides, you know, time to iron all these things out and for you to talk to these people and get more information and data. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, this is a big lift. I mean, we're not, you know, we do a lot of big legislation during the session. And it, you know, having passed the provider-led organized care bill last time, I mean, that takes, I mean, to do big, meaningful legislation like that, it takes a lot of time. I mean, you're constantly meeting with it and things like that. And so, you know, trying to do big, powerful legislation that moves the state forward, you know, seeing that my first go around having to do that, I mean, I realize if I want to do more of that, I get started now. <laughs> and so, um, and so that's why, that is why I'm starting now because, you know, you take, which trying to iron out these details and, and, and work things out. Otherwise, you know, you'll get a mess on your hands and you're constantly trying to go back and fix it. And then, you know, issues are arising after session and then you're having to wait for hopefully a special or uh, yeah. another general session to fix those issues. And so that's why, uh, you know, it's great to do it now because, you know, like I said, there's a lot of stakeholders here and it's important that we get as many to the table possible so that, you know, when session comes, we can get it done. I want to close with this here and it just kind of zoom out to the general idea of expanding access to oral contraceptives, making it more available to Arkansans by giving pharmacists the authority to sort of uh, dispense it without a prescription. Do you think that this goal of yours is a partisan issue? Um, you know, it, it, it could be, but I don't feel like it is. Um, because like I said, I mean, I think you have people on the left who you know, want to, ex want to expand contraceptive use in Arkansas. I mean, if people want to use contraceptives, that's great. Uh, you know, and on the right, on the, on the right hand, you know, side too, you know, the Republican side is we want to reduce the amount of government regulation we have and red tape and, you know, bureaucratic hurdles that we've set up. And so, you know, you can say too, and I think too, you can go and say, look, we want to decrease the number of abortions in Arkansas. You know, expanding the amount of contraceptives we use is a great way to do that. So we can we can get them on our side as well, and so and then of course you know going to the left and you know saying too you know look, um, you know we're able to if we're able to reduce the amount of people who have babies and who end up you know having to use uh, Medicaid or use our care to take care of these children, uh, you know instead we're able to to help them get more access to contraceptives and we're able to have that money to spend on other programs that we need to do to help the most vulnerable in society. So, to me, I don't really feel like it's a, it's a partisan issue one or the other. Um, so, but I, I think too, it's you know, it's 
trying to frame it in the right frame of mind. And, and that's important. And I think, you know, that's the interesting thing about me as a Republican, as a conservative Republican, running a piece of legislation like this is because I'm saying, you know, look, let's take the labels off it because I don't think this is a partisan issue. I think this is a common sense issue that we can get, we can get done and we can help Arkansas move forward. That concludes my interview with Representative Pilkington. You can find the link to his interim study proposal on our website at nwapolitics.net. And of course, for the latest political headlines in Benton, Washington, Madison, and Carroll counties, head to the same website. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Northwest Arkansas Politics. We'll be back next week with a new episode.